Hello, this is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Baltimore on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. Catholic Baltimore is a weekly radio program hosted by the Archdiocese of Baltimore, airing each Sunday following the broadcast of the Radio Mass of Baltimore. We are grateful to our Catholic radio partners for sharing with us some of the content in this program and for the opportunity to bring quality Catholic programming to the Archdiocese of Baltimore every Sunday. Welcome to Catholic Baltimore. I'm George Matisek, digital editor for the Archdiocese of Baltimore. Today we speak with the authors of two books. First up is Gretchen Crow of Our Sunday Visitor, who has just released her second book on the Rosary, Praying the Rosary with St. John Paul II. Later in the show, we'll talk with Father Ed Broom, author of Roadmap to Heaven, A Catholic Plan of Life. Here's our interview with Gretchen Crow. Gretchen Crow, welcome to Catholic Baltimore. Thank you for having me. So this is your second book on the rosary. Why are you so devoted to this topic? How, how did you discover the rosary and make use of it in your prayer life? Well, thank you for asking. You know, I was raised Catholic, and so I used to, uh, when I was going to sleep at night, when I would have difficulty sleeping, I actually would sleep with a rosary in my hands uh, and fall asleep praying the rosary uh, because it's uh, just one of those beautiful devotions which is rote, so you can pray Hail Mary after Hail Mary after Hail Mary. And it's, of course, good to stay attentive, but I was, you know, when I was a small child, it was very comforting to be able to have uh, the presence of the rosary and the presence of Mary with me uh, when I couldn't sleep. So so that was really, uh, was very formative to me when I was a child and um, continued to be throughout my adult life. In fact, uh, one of the first things that my now husband and I um, did together was pray the rosary, and it was at that point where I said, yeah, I, I think that this person is, was sent to me by God to Mary. So uh, it, it definitely has a very special place in my in my prayer life and in my life. The, the rosary is such a beloved devotion among Catholics, but even so, there are still a lot of Catholics who don't really understand what the rosary is all about, and there are a lot of non-Catholics who will just dismiss the rosary outright or not really understand what the rosary is. Could you tell us a bit about the origins of the rosary and what the purpose of the rosary is when, when we pray the rosary? Sure. So the, so the origins of the rosary go back to St. Dominic. Uh, it, actually, a group of monks were praying uh, the different prayers uh, of the rosary and found a way to kind of compile it together in a way so that instead of saying what, what are called psalter prayers, they could pray it as a group together. And so... The prayer of the rosary is arranged in sets of 10 Hail Marys, and they're called decades. And each decade is comprised of the Lord's Prayer, so the Our Father, and then followed by 10 Hail Marys, and then concluded with a Glory Be. And so each decade then uh, refers to a specific mystery. Within the rosary, Catholic tradition, um, including from Pope St. John Paul II, um, says that there are uh, five different uh, mysteries in each set. So, for example, there are the joyful mysteries, and there are five mysteries within those, the glorious mysteries, and five mysteries within those, as well as the luminous and the sorrowful. So four different sets of five mysteries. And what it's supposed to do is the rosary is supposed to lead us closer to Jesus through Mary. And 
that is by contemplating the mysteries of Christ's life as seen through the eyes of Mary and also through Christ's public ministry, which we have in the Luminous Mysteries. The, the rosary is meant to bring us closer to Jesus through Mary, and it's by kind of praying those uh, Hail Marys, by praying the Our Father, and by contemplating on the, the life of Christ. And it leads all the way through Mary's Yes, and the Catholic tradition we call it her uh, the Annunciation, when the angel Gabriel came to Mary and um, said that she would bear a son, and she said, yes, I am the handmaid of the Lord, be it done unto me according to thy thy word. And leads all the way through the birth of Jesus, through the life, his public ministry, as I mentioned. The sorrowful mysteries tell the story of his passion and death. And then, of course, the glorious mysteries, we celebrate his resurrection, his ascent into heaven, and Mary's uh, assumption into heaven and her crowning in heaven as queen of heaven and earth. So really, throughout, as you pray the decades and the mysteries of the rosary, you get a full sense of the life of Christ, and uh, it's meant to bring you closer to him, understand him better. I think there is sometimes a misreading of the rosary, uh, the repetition of the rosary, especially non-Catholic Christians mm-hmm. might might take some issue with the, the repetition that's involved in saying the prayers of the rosary. Uh, they might point to the Gospel yeah. of Matthew where the, there's that passage that says that we shouldn't babble like the pagans, I think it says. But <laughs> that, that really is a misreading because the, the prayers are meant to take you to a space of meditation about the mystery that you're yeah. reflecting on. Is that right? Could you talk about that a little bit? Yes, yes. That's absolutely right. I mean, I think um, uh, it's a rote prayer, there's no doubt, but it doesn't mean that it's babbling. It doesn't mean that it's rote without meaning. Uh, It's meant to take the reciter of the rosary more deeply into contemplation, um, and the contemplation of Christ um, is is what John Paul II called it. And, you know, he also called it a prayer that was marvelous in both its simplicity and its depth. And there's a lot to that. The rosary is a simple prayer, so anybody can pray it. The prayers are simple. They're easy to memorize, and they're easy to recite. But at the same time, when you incorporate the reflection and the meditation on the mysteries of the rosary, it it is deep. It becomes a very deep encounter with Jesus Christ. And and then if you put another level on it, uh, what I kind of try to explain in in this book, Praying the Rosary with St. John Paul II, it's looking at the spiritual fruits uh, that can be derived from prayer in each mystery. So kind of the virtues that one can receive when you're praying the rosary and meditating on each mystery. And uh, and so those are, those are some various levels that the rosary can help bring us to in our prayer life. So while you can certainly say that the rosary is, as John Paul said, a simple prayer, it certainly is one with great, great depth. John Paul II, as you mentioned, was a great proponent of the rosary, and he mm-hmm. actually added the luminous mysteries. What impact do you think that that, that addition has had in people's prayer lives? Yeah, so he did. So um, I think it was in 2002, he had an apostolic letter, uh, Rosarium Virginis Mariae, and as you mentioned, he introduced, he, he proposed, as he said, uh, the luminous mysteries focused on Christ's public ministry, and um, you know the other sets of, of mysteries focus on um, on the, the early life of of Christ, and as, as I mentioned, his passion and death, and then his resurrection, and the glorious mysteries. 
So the Luminous Mysteries really introduce, uh, by their very nature, a deeper understanding of what Christ was doing, the proclamation of the gospel, uh, reflection on the transfiguration, and, of course, the institution of the Holy Eucharist, baptism. All those things that, that Christ was doing on earth in his public ministry that we are to follow. I think, um, I think John Paul was so holy a man uh, that he was able to introduce these mysteries in a way that worked with tradition and a way that made complete sense uh, when you're praying the rosary. They, those mysteries fit in so well and uh, make sense as one's praying. So I think that the Luminous Mysteries have been a great gift to the Church uh, from John Paul II and uh, very grateful to him for, for uh, writing that letter and for, for taking the time to introduce them to us. Your, your newest book, Praying the Rosary with St. John Paul II, has extensive reflections from the Pope himself. Uh, how do you hope people will use this book and, and use those reflections This book is meant to be a devotional. Uh, It's meant to be used during prayer, so while praying the rosary. So there are a couple of different ways that you can do that. Each chapter of the book, as I said, has uh, the the different sets of mysteries. And so as you're praying the rosary, you can can just walk through the mystery as as you're praying. So each mystery has a passage from Scripture that associates with the mystery, it also has uh, the spiritual fruit that I mentioned that's associated with each mystery. And then I wrote a little bit about how Pope St. John Paul II embodied each spiritual fruit. So, for example, for the first joyful mystery, the Feast of the Annunciation, as I mentioned, um, the spiritual fruit associated with that is humility. And so I, I describe how Pope St. John Paul II um, had a habit of kissing the ground as he arrived every country as he traveled. As we know, he's one of the, he's, he's uh, the Pope that traveled the most during his pontificate, 26-year pontificate. And so kissing the ground, you know, I showed as an example of his great humility because immediately as he was coming to a different country, he, he made an action that, uh, I respect you, I love, I love you, the people that I'm coming to visit. I'm at your service. So it was a great sign of humility. Um, so that was the way that I had illustrated how he lived out that spiritual fruit. And then along with uh, that section um, within the mystery, I also included the gospel passage that could be read um, as you're praying the rosary, because, again, it's, a, it's meant to be a, a devotional, and uh, a reflection that St. John Paul II wrote about each particular mystery. So I wrote, I went back and I did a lot of research into his papal documents, into his general audience talks, uh, various homilies that he'd given over the time of his pontificate. Most of them are from his pontificate. There are some uh, from just before. Uh, but I went back and tried to find the, the most, um, the best ones that kind of talked about each mystery so that as you're praying, you could read his reflections, and again, uh, be drawn in closer to each mystery and drawn closer to Christ through the rosary. So uh, it can be uh, used in a couple of different ways. You could focus on the spiritual fruits. You could focus on the reflection. You could focus on both uh, if you have some time. Um, But 
but it is meant to accompany one in prayer. And how can people get your book? You can get the book through osvcatholicbookstore.com. That's OSV as an Our Sunday Visitor. Or you can go and get it on Amazon. Gretchen Crow is the author of Praying the Rosary with St. John Paul II. Gretchen, thanks so much for being here on Catholic Baltimore. Thank you very much. When we come back, we'll talk with Father Ed Broom, author of Roadmap to Heaven, A Catholic Plan of Life. I'm George Matisek. You're listening to Catholic Baltimore. Do you want to know more about what's going on in the church and the world than you can get from your daily newspaper or local TV? Read the only publication in the Archdiocese of Baltimore that covers the church full-time, The Catholic Review. Pick up the print magazine monthly at your parish or have The Catholic Review delivered to your home every month. You can get fresh news every day online at catholicreview.org. Subscribe to the Catholic Review e-newsletter for twice-a-week updates. Just text CR Media to 84576. Find our app on Apple and Android. And follow the Catholic Review on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. Wherever your faith takes you, Catholic Review Media is ready to inspire, teach, inform, and engage. Read it today in print and online at catholicreview.org. That's catholicreview.org. For 143 years, New Cathedral Cemetery has served the needs of the Catholic community of Baltimore and Central Maryland. New Cathedral is the only cemetery owned by the Archdiocese of Baltimore and is the final resting place for many religious orders and famous citizens. 125 acres of rolling hills, trees, and beautiful monuments, the cemetery is an oasis of peace and tranquility and is located off Edmondson Avenue just outside of Catonsville. New Cathedral is dedicated to the task of tending to the mortal remains of our dearly departed and has many more years of available space. If you are in need of a burial site, vault, monument, or marker, or just a respectful location to place your cremated loved ones, our counselors will help you through this process and make sure the wishes of you and your loved ones are honored. Visit us online at newcathedralcemetery.org, like us on Facebook at New Cathedral Cemetery Bonnie Bray, or call 410-566-7770. Welcome back to Catholic Baltimore. I'm George Matisek. Father Edward Broom is a member of the Oblates of the Virgin Mary and the author of a new book, Roadmap to Heaven, A Catholic Plan of Life. We spoke with him recently via phone. Father Ed Broom, thanks for being here on Catholic Baltimore. Great to be on the crow again. An overarching theme in your book seems to be this notion that time is really fleeting and that we need to make the most of it. You point out that when a minute or an hour passes, it's gone forever. Why is it important to step back and reflect on that transitory nature of our life? I would say this. The book is very helpful in Ignatian spirituality because St. Ignatius of the Old and his principle and foundation teaches us uh, the purpose of our life. And we're here to praise God, to reverence God, to serve God, and by means of that to uh, save our soul. In parallel to that is what Jesus says in the Gospel. He says, what would it profit a man if he gained the whole world and he loses his soul? This book is very helpful for us to go deeper in our spiritual life, our prayer life, and to um, aim at the purpose of our existence, uh, because sometimes we can be confused along the way why we're here. We're here for, for this purpose, to praise God and to save our mortal soul. As you asked, yeah, life, you know, our life on earth is very... It's very fleeting. We're, we're here today. We're going tomorrow. And we we don't we don't have time to waste. 
the saints have this as their philosophy of life, to um, work hard in this life and we can rest forever in heaven. You say in the book that a lot of people waste, wind up wasting a lot of time, but that if you have a plan, wasting that time can be curtailed. Uh, when you say a plan or what you call a spiritual GPS, what do you mean by a plan for life? What, what is a Catholic plan for life? I actually wrote uh, I wrote three, um, a chronological division of our life into blocks of time and then a professional or vocational plan of life. So what I've done is um, I take um, chronological means time, and I I write chapters on uh, what we can do spiritually, spiritual practices that will be conduits by which we can arrive at our goal, which is heaven. And I just start with uh, what can we do every year, what can we do every month, and then our weekly plan of life, our daily plan of life, our hourly plan of life, and then what can we do actually every minute? And then I have another one which uh, uh, is a follow-up on that, is uh, your professional or vocational plan of life. And I invite um, my readers to step back and to examine their lives and to be dead honest to see what are areas in your life in which there can be an improvement. I challenge with these questions. If you're married in your family life, okay, you you're married. You have a family life. Uh, maybe things are going. Uh, maybe things are going pretty well, but there can always be improvement. What about your work life? There's always room for improvement. The uh, the whole concept of um, working on improving your your permanent formation and your professional life is very important. And social relationships. You make an Ignatian retreat. It might be such that you're keenly aware of the fact that there is your your relationship with some people. Uh, can be improved. Maybe even there's a, a person that you're associating with which is jeopardizing your roadmap to heaven. That is to say that this person is maybe could be a source of sin to you and you might just have to uh, uh, truncate or just eliminate that person from your life. Then you have um, permanent intellectual formation in the faith. The law of growth means we're called to grow physically, emotionally, uh, morally, and also intellectually. So it's incumbent upon us not to just to sit back and say, well, I'm 40 years old. I, you know, I learned my catechism when I was 10 years old, and that's it. Not a good way of thinking. We we should be constantly on the go trying to um, grow in our in our faith by studying. And then um, I uh, have a chapter on the call to the apostolate. And that means if... Uh, if you've really received your call to be a follower of Christ, then you should uh, want to bring your faith to others. Then they've got a chapter on the importance of, of penance. Uh, we're, we're called to follow in the footsteps of our Master, and if we want to, um, we want to be followers of Christ. Uh, we have to learn how to uh, deny ourselves. Our Lord Himself said. Uh, Anyone who wants to be my follower must pick up his cross, deny himself, and follow me. A true uh, plan of life, we should incorporate within it some acts of self-denial. I have another chapter on augmenting our spiritual life, and the last chapter on the on the professional plan of life is our life with the Blessed Mother. Very important that uh, we have the Blessed Mother 
in our life and we live out that that call to to pray the rosary uh, our lady of fatima said um the six times that she appeared to the children in fatima to pray the rosary john paul ii in this document the blessed virgin mary in the rosary which uh which he wrote in 2002, uh, incorporating the, the luminous mysteries into, into the new um, into the scheme of the mysteries, says we should have to pray the rosary for the family, as well as to pray the rosary for world peace. This came in, in the wake of the attack in, in the Twin Towers. So John Paul II, aware of the family being really jeopardized because materialism and secularism and paganism uh, wants to put the the uh the families in the in the heart of mary the the conclusion i give uh, the effects of the plan of life and at the very end of the of the book i uh, have some prayers but i have uh, a short plan of life even also for young people i i feel that young people have to have a plan of life always but uh especially i would say in the in the, in the summertime because uh john bosco said that the Vacation is the is the harvest ground of the devil because uh, just there's a lot of um, a lot of free time and uh, one of the saints I think it was Saint Bonaventure that says if uh, when you're working hard there's one devil after you when you don't have anything to do you have a whole you have a whole multitude of devils that are that are going after us so um, I think the young uh, young people have to have some concrete plan of life that they follow. One of the things that you emphasize for those who want to develop this kind of plan is that they really need to get some outside support in the form of a spiritual director. Could you talk about what a spiritual director is and, and how a person can go about finding a spiritual director? Yes. E- easier said than done. It's not always that easy to find a spiritual director. All those who pursue holiness have to have some type of periodic, uh, stable spiritual direction. So I think we we should um, pray that God is able to place someone in our path to help us in this capacity. Ideally speaking, it's best to have a priest as a spiritual director. The reason being is because a priest has he has holy orders, he has years of formation before he's ordained the priesthood, and just a lot of uh, pastoral experience. Teresa of Avila says that the three qualities of a good spiritual director. She says. Uh, holiness, learning, and prudence. Uh, when she says prudence, that means uh, practice and common sense, which comes from from living life. So um, it's not always that easy to find a spiritual director, but the the essence of spiritual direction is helping the directee to go go deeper in his or her prayer life. That means in union with God. Uh, a, a director should be kind of like a conduit or a, or a bridge between that person and, and God. I think you have to pray for it, and then uh, somebody, somebody have to try try it out to see if this person is is good for you. Uh, we actually in this parish we've we've over the course of three years we've got a team of lay spiritual directors because uh, the priests uh, are often so uh, could use the word overwhelmed with. Mm-hmm pastor responsibility that we don't have enough time to give a lot of time to spiritual direction. So lay people are capable of doing it if they're well-formed, and they are constantly under um, direction and formation. And how can people get your book? 
Sure, you can go to um, you can go to Tan Publishers and uh, just Tan dot com, and you get information to be able to order it, order it online, or you can maybe even ask it to be sent to you. So that, that's about it, and uh, thank you very much for having me. And uh, Almighty God bless all of you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father Ed Broom, author of Roadmap to Heaven: A Catholic Plan of Life. Thank you so much for being here on Catholic Baltimore. God bless you. Thank you so much. For Catholic Baltimore, I'm George Matisek. Thanks for listening. Child abuse is not only a crime, it's also a sin. The Archdiocese of Baltimore has long made the protection of children a leading priority in its parishes, schools, and other ministries. The Archdiocese seeks to keep kids safe through rigorous training and background checks and by implementing a zero-tolerance policy for anyone credibly accused of abusing a child. For more information about the Archdiocese's efforts to keep our children safe, please visit www.archbalt.org. Life can be hard, and at times we feel overwhelmed and alone. When faced with problems, know that there is a group of Catholics who are part of the prayer ministry of the Archdiocese of Baltimore, waiting to lift you and your needs to God in prayer. This ministry is comprised of men and women, young and old, religious and lay, from every ethnic and cultural background. They pray as individuals and in groups, in homes and meeting spaces throughout Baltimore. Like you, they are people who have suffered the same hurts, fears, pains, sickness, loss, and everyday burdens. Learn more about this ministry by visiting our website at www.archbalt.org. If you are in need of prayer, send your prayer request to prayers at archbalt.org or by phone to 410-547-5517. Would you like to volunteer to be a part of the ministry? Prayer ministers are always needed. Please call or email our coordinator, who would be happy to speak with you. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Catholic Baltimore. As we prepare for the week ahead, let us do so in prayer together as one community of faith. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let us also ask the blessing and intercession of our blessed mother as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. May God bless us and keep us always in his love.